of the book of Deuteronomy, verse 6 to 8, and I believe I have the mind of God. Praise God. Amen. Verse 5. And that prophet, or that dreamer of dreams, shall be put to death. You've got to read verse 4 to see why. In fact, let me go from verse 1. If there is among you a prophet or a dreamer of dreams, and give it thee a sign or a wonder, and the sign or the wonder come to pass. That's the problem right there. Whereof he spake unto thee, saying, Let us go after other gods which thou hast not known, and let us serve them. Thou shalt not hearken unto the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams. For the Lord your God proveth you. See that? To know whether you love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. In other words, I'll give you opportunity to make the wrong move. I'll give you a chance to go through the wrong door. I'll give you choices that looks good, but I'm not in it. He shall walk after the Lord your God and fear him and keep his commandments and obey his voice and he shall serve him and cleave I mean latch on to him and that prophet or that dreamer of dreams shall be put to death because he hath spoken to turn you away from the Lord your God which brought you out of the land of Egypt and redeem you of the house of bondage, to thrust thee out of the way which the Lord thy God commanded thee to walk. So shalt thou put the evil away from midst of thee. Now, this is what the Koran copied. It's trying to practice in a dispensation which is not required. Oh, being sort of just said. If thy brother, the son of thy mother, or thy son, or thy daughter, or thy or the wife of thy bosom, or thy friend, which is as thine own soul. He's trying to get very intimate here. Entice thee secretly, saying, "Let's go and serve other gods." In other words, don't believe in the oneness of God. Question it. Don't accept it. Say it's not right. Which thou hast not known, nor thy fathers, naming the gods of the people which are round about you. In other words, all these other churches. Nigh unto thee are far from thee. In other words, when these influences which are coming at you, they're close to you, they're near you, they're beside you, they're far from you, or from the ends of the earth, even unto the other ends of the earth. Thou shalt not consent unto him, nor hearken unto him, neither shall thine eye pity him, neither shalt thou spare, neither shalt thou conceal him. Now, Islam practiced verse 9. It used to be a requirement 
in the Mosaic law. They stone you if you teach another God. No question about it. Elijah had it carried out at Mount Carmel. When they proved that Baal wasn't God, those guys are on, on their own now. He said, pick up stones and stone them. He was not wrong. <coughs> he was right. Amen. And we know also that Samuel did the same to Agag. Saul would not kill him. And Samuel said, I'll do it for you. Let me show you how to do it. And chopped him to pieces. That was the law of the Lord. Now we're told today to love the enemy. Love everybody. No matter what they do. Just love them, but don't copy them. He said, I will repay. Now they didn't get off. He delayed their judgment for later, which he himself will do. All right? We're going to pray. Lord Jesus, we ask you tonight in this study to help us to understand what this is all about. Bless our understanding. Bless our saints and our children. God bless the children to be born. And Lord bless our community, our city. We're in the last days, and we want to know what is right from what's wrong. We want to go to the proper gate and the right way. In the name of Jesus, be with us, I pray. Amen. You may be seated. Praise God. I want to talk to you about peer pressure. What's a peer pressure? Now, the worst kind of peer pressure is a pressure from a backslider. The worst kind of pressure is the pressure from a backslider, especially a prosperous backslider who is making headways and also vaunt themselves and will show you their splendor of their acquisition of wealth without seemingly his help. While doing what's wrong, while not living the life, they have all these things. And tonight, I want to focus mainly on a special group of people tonight. If you notice here in chapter 14, verse 1 to 2, Ye are the children of the Lord, your God. Ye shall not cut yourselves, that means tattoo nor make any baldness between your eyes for the dead. He said, what's that? For thou art a holy people unto the Lord thy God, and the Lord hath chosen thee to be a peculiar, peculiar people unto the Lord thy God, and the Lord hath chosen thee to be peculiar unto himself above all the nations that are up on the earth. God even gets so particular that God goes into even what you eat, what you wear. Amen. Now, I want to talk to you about peer pressure. Especially among youth. If you are of age 9 to 17, I want to talk to you. I'm going to tell you why. Because we always preach to adults. 
And something you will not do, you will never investigate on your own. What can I do as a young person to be the best person there is on earth? You will not do research on it. You will not even investigate statistics to find out what works and what doesn't work. You just allow the mob to push you or the mob to attract you or the mob to take you wherever they want to take you. And as you know, tumbleweed are easily carried by the wind, a restrained wind of doctrine. And I wonder, you parents, when you begin to bring your, your, your daughter and your son in this world, what was going through your mind? Did you see their end from the beginning? There are two things a person can't explain. is their birth, and at the death, they can't explain that. It's just secret. But between those two points, life is lived. And not everybody in the same way. But everybody has equal opportunity to live on this earth because God allowed them to live. There's a term I borrowed from the rock stars called the KISS album. K-I-S-S. The group called KISS. And it really means, it's an acronym that means kids in service to Satan. They're pretty popular. They all don't dress in black. They all don't have long hair. And they all don't tattoo themselves. But they're there. And I don't know if you parents realize how little or how strong is your influence on your sons and your daughters. Now, if you think the devil don't visit them, you're wrong. Read Revelation chapter 12. The devil is at the mouth of the birth taking place. And the reason why Moses was allowed to live, it was a mother that was, was determined that my child will not be statistics in Egypt. Because many, many mothers obeyed Pharaoh and killed their boys. She said, not on your life. It's not going to happen. She hid him from the sword. And the Bible lets us know that when Moses came of age and the pressure was on him to become a pharaoh. But I said, when he came of age, he's, I mean, when he knew right from wrong, and they wanted him to be the king of Egypt, he said, No. Now, church, we read this casually, but the pressure was great. All the treasures of Egypt he gave up and rather live a life of trials for those 80 years he lived on earth. Trials, tribulation. says he chose it over the treasures. <coughs> Don't tell me all the boys would not like to take his place. Don't tell me they didn't desire to sit where he sat and have Pharaoh's daughter calling him son and sit on the throne who wouldn't want to be Prince Charles after all. But you know what? Something the mother put in him when she babysat him got paid to do it also. You are a Hebrew. You're not an Egyptian. Don't forget it. I don't know if you understood what she said. 
but she just rehearsed it in his ear every day every and fair daughter don't know she's doing this but she's 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 indoctrinated him and says you're not an Egyptian and he grew up and served Egypt a lot of years 40 years but then he looked at himself and said you know what I'm not an Egyptian what am I doing here I belong to those people over there but he couldn't go because he's in a higher class than they were they're slaves he's prince crown prince of Egypt but the pressure to conform the expectation of wealth and prosperity while living in sin, pleasure for a season. He rejects it and says, no, I will not go that route. And so you know the story how God bragged on him. I said, look at Moses, man. He, he was a proper child, meaning he grew up nice. You know, he was okay. He obeys mom. I'm sure mom didn't say, well, I'm your mom. I'm your mom. She didn't tell that to him. She couldn't say that because he'd be confused with the lady he stayed with. And this is a babysitter, but that's her son. And she turned him loose to Egypt. But God was working on the plan. God was working on the plan. And we know Hebrews talk about the, the decision he made. But we don't oftentimes think about the pressure he was under. Pharaoh's daughter wanted her son to be king. She loved Moses. Moses was her pride and joy. Pharaoh didn't dare touch him. She would cut his head off. That's my boy. Don't you touch him. <laughs> so he couldn't touch him. Because huh? he loved his daughter. That's his prized girl. And that's her prized boy. And he was learned in all the ways of Egypt. And yet we can't find nowhere in his five books where he ever taught us anything he learned in Egypt. Haven't taught us anything he learned from Egypt. Not even once. <laughs> Amazing. He overcome the pressure. Now, I want you young people to know that this church is proud of you. We observe you. We watch you live for God. We watch you walk with God. We watch you do your memory verses. We watch you get up here and teach and preach and, and you go out and do things for God. It's wonderful. But you have people that don't like that. Satan don't like that. Because that's one lamb chop he hasn't got. And he would love to lick his chops. Amen. And by the grace of God, you stand still, untouched, undefiled. And we salute you. We thank God for you. We thank God that you have some scruples about you. <coughs> and I don't believe you escaped any temptation like the rest of any of us. You go through the same thing. But somewhere, there must be an inner desire to do what's right. So we salute you in Christ. But it's not over until it's all over. Satan is never discouraged, nor is, is he one to be afraid of, because he's limited in scope. But I, I think about it, 
I, as a pastor, see young people as a generation of the future. Future. It must not be a generation that grew up and don't know God, because you know the oneness of God. And I don't know if you know, it says here there are prophets out there like Balaam who would love to mix the boys and the girls. But Moses taught Israel, you don't mix those boys with those girls. And those girls, those boys, and you don't exchange hands with them. Because they will turn your sons and daughters away from God. If you ever get connected with a friend that has greater influence on you than you have on them, their goal is they're in service to Satan. They're Satan's ambassadors at your age group to get you where he's at. Amen. And I, I think about the scripture. It says... No matter how close they are, look at the, the closeness God's trying to give you an example how closely you are related to things and people that may be backslidden in their heart. Sometimes they backslidden visibly, sometimes they do it secretly, but it doesn't matter how they do it, they're still backslidden. Somebody who reverts from the converted state and go back to a state that leads to corruption. He tells us here, verse 6, If thy brother, the son of thy mother, or thy son, or thy daughter, or the wife, or the bosom, thy friend, I mean, how close can you get in a relationship? He's naming it. So even if your husband or your wife entice you, publicly or secretly or privately to get you away from serving God to serve other gods which could be mammon could be money could be prosperity it could be drugs could be alcohol could be sex gods many they are I can't name them all whatever you put for God that's gods to you and the devil is called the gods of this world so let's go and serve them. I mean, put yourself in servitude to them, which is not known, which you have not known, nor their fathers have known. He says, whether the gods come from far, near, close, in verse 7, you have proximity where they came from, their source. He says, I don't care where they come from, or some distant field from around the world, and I'll visit you guys. It says, do not go after them. And so, by the way, they're going to have some success while in sin. And you're going to think it's an approval of God. After all, God got to be with it. Hey, I'm still alive. I'm still well. Nothing happened. I thought about Adam and Eve. Adam must have looked at Eve after she first sinned. And there's a peer pressure there. That's my wife. That's not pressure to deal with. <laughs> That's my wife, and she's 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 wrong. I know she. I says he's sinned willfully. He knows it's wrong. 
He knew what it meant. And she did it. And she, as a backslider, said to him, who's still living for God, he's still like God made him. She's changed, but he can't see it. Come on, honey. What's wrong? Do it. Come on. Look, I've done it. I'm smart. I got all the wisdom here. Nothing wrong. Look, I'm alive. I didn't die. After all, the devil's right. God, this is how I drop dead. I'm still alive. Nothing's wrong. Hello? The pressure was on. Oh, if you love me, you'll do it. Come on. You know, like a boy, invite a girl out. Well, look, man, I just paid $21 for your breakfast. Amen. You got to pay me back, you know. I got a car. You're in the back seat somewhere, and we can mess around for a while. You got to pay back. I want my money back. I want the worth back. Lots of girls lost out that way. The problem is you can't recover what you lost. The guy walked away with something that's not his. And you gave away that which was reserved for someone else. And impurity and corruption sets in. I'm sure she she convinced him to do it. Because God says, you hearken to your partner above me. You know it's wrong. You know he shouldn't be doing that. But he or she convinced you and you yield to the pressure. And God said, because you yield to her more than me, bang! He cursed his activities. And turn around and curse her too. <laughs> With a situation that she didn't plan to get. And all the time the devil's laughing. Ha, 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 ha. I got them and they can't recover. You have messed up. You have blown it. Ha, 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 ha. That's the outcome of peer pressure. It costs you more in regret than benefits you had. In the moment of pleasure, this pleasure is greater. Far exceedingly longer and greater. We got thrown out of the garden, man. Well, you think the world would have learned from that? No way. We continue to do what happened. Amen. Now, the question is, can a young person live for God and survive? That's the question. Can can it happen? Does the church have to bow to the world dictate and say, well, let our kids, you know, let them do what they feel like. When they grow up, they'll change. Really? Well, i got some examples in the Bible that you know. Josh was seven years old when he began to reign. That's amazing. A seven-year-old kid placing a throne over a nation. 24th chapter, Second Chronicles, verses 1 through 2. But he's not the only one. 26th chapter, verse 1 to 4, I shall repeat. It says, Uzziah was 16 years old when he began to reign. Now, you kids, listen to me, because you're getting, you're getting distracted, and distraction is one of the major, major traits that we use to kill you. Because what you don't hear is going to hurt you. You know, if you go to court, they don't listen to the judge, you may get messed up. In the classroom, and you messed up, 
what the guy is saying and I'm in trouble. So you're hurting yourself by not paying attention. You're hurting nobody else because you can't listen to both at the same time. Somebody got to have your heart. And the one you listen to got your heart. Can they help you? Are they going to distract and destroy you? Distraction is dangerous. That's why that says don't text on the phone. Because people get killed by texting. Distraction. You don't stay in the right direction. Amen. Manasseh was a kid, a 12-year-old kid, and did evil at 12 years old in the sight of the Lord. In Chronicles 33, 1 to 2. Josiah was eight years old. Eight years old. And he did what was right as a Lord. So you can live for God as a seven year old, an eight year old, a 12 year old, and a 16 year old. You can. You can. And church ought to be boring. Because sin may seem to have pleasure only for a season. You know what season means? Winter don't last forever. And sin don't last forever. You pay eventually. It matter of when. Second Timothy chapter three and verse one. Paul reminded Timothy his life as a child. 2 Timothy 1 and verse 5. You remind him about his life as a child. You see, we don't realize you may laugh and mock now at sin, but later on, God mocked you. You know, fool mock at sin, or they mock at the judge. There's a guy, my mom told me, I wasn't there, I don't know the story. They're baptizing people, and this kid was mocking the baptism. Hey, preacher, here I am. Jumped in water and jumped out, jumped in, jumped out. And the man of God in warm said, don't you do that. You're playing with your soul. By the evening, he drowned. Amazing. Is there any linkage? We'll ask God that. But Proverbs 1 and verse 10 says, If sinner enticed thee, this is if saints, because saints can't entice you to do wrong. But if sinner enticed thee, no. He said, don't give consent. Pressure means giving in to your better judgment. That's not what my church taught me. That's not what my parents said I should do. That's not what God wants me to do. So don't consent. Again, the 13th chapter of Deuteronomy 6 to 8 says, do not consent. I know when I came in church, I was no young person. I was in my 20s. That's not young. That's getting a young, young adult, at least. I met boys that, on the bus, I saw what they did. Puzzled me how they did this. And then go in church and get spiritual. I thought, my God, how could they do that? You know, and I thought, not me. That's not for me. Well, today, they're not looking for God. They're messed up. They're messed up. You don't always stay young. And God have long memory. All an elephant has. 
and you sow seed, you're going to reap it. Amen. Judges is an example of young people that were pressured by the surroundings. And they abandoned the true God for God their fathers didn't know. And the Bible said, after a while, a generation grew up that knew not God. Second Timothy 1.5 says, there's a generation transfer of knowledge. Knowledge being transferred. You see, Satan's goal for youth is to pull them away. I remember when we were in church, I first came in church, this young man came in with his family, and the, the father lived for God, and the daughter lived for God, and the wife lived for God. In fact, the father's in the ministry today, but the boy, from that age of eight years old, he was against altar. He was against praying. He was against the church. He was against everything that church wanted. And he would not participate, and he would laugh and jeer and carrying on. He would never get serious. He was never touched by God. Never touched by God. And then the ruddy, red-haired boy died in the gutter. Before he died, he called his dad. And he said, Dad, I says, who are you? Because he took his dad to court when he was underage. He said, I can't watch TV, and I can't do this. He called social services, and they come and they got him. And they took the parents through court, and they ridiculed them. They mocked them, humiliated them. And, of course, they brought all their doctors and lawyers and, and make fun of the kids, the parents, and he was with them. Boy, he went along with it. And they took him away. For the first time, he learned to smoke, steal cars, and a whole bunch of stuff. And they couldn't think with him, because he's on their age. As soon as he reached 17, 18, they kicked him out. Now the police is after him. They start to whip him, beat him, kick him, because now he's a dope pusher. He literally fried his brain. Fried his brain. The devil finally pulled him away from a loving, caring church, a loving, caring family. Gave him what he wanted. Permissiveness don't mean okayness. He got the church influence. He met all kind of girls in the promiscuity, you name it, pornographic thing. He dropped dead. His, 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 his body was gone, shot. <coughs> he had unlimited access to drugs. He could smoke, torque, whatever he wants to do with drugs. Because now he's free from the constraint of truth. You see, sin, <laughs> sin have demands a whole lot more than Christianity has. And he's corrupted, he's spoiled, he's messed up. And he died on the street. And when he was buried, his father go get his body. Because nobody wants it. Dead body. 
as a youth, but I personally know taught Sunday school. Didn't want the Holy Ghost. Didn't want baptism in Jesus' name. Never got the Holy Ghost. Never got baptized. Didn't want anything to do with church. Nothing at all. From that age, that's small. <laughs> His father started the church and finally moved somewhere else. He went along for a while, but then he just called for service. I don't want to be with them. No, they, come and get me. They got him. They had a number. They got him. But when he reached of age, they got rid of him. And now, they couldn't use a strap, but they could use a baton on him. Hmm. Now they can shoot him. It's legal to shoot him. Because he's a criminal. He breaks the law. So can you do that now? Huh? He's a pervert. He's messed up. But how could Satan get to him? How get to his house? Well, his parents found under his bed when they were disciplining him, pornographic books. How did he get it? But he got it. Somebody gave it to him. The guys in the neighborhood gave it to him. And he hid it from his parents under his bed, under his bed. And they searched and they found it and corrected him over it. And that's where he got mad. And that's when he called the law on his parents. And make lawful parents look like delinquent parents permissive, promiscuous lifestyle he wanted. Right? He's away from the Word of God, his pastor, his parental influence, and now is with a bunch of crooks, perverts. He made a bed in hell, I'm going to lie in it. So he died. We didn't want God. I'm sure when he died, he wanted to go to heaven. It's not going to happen. So he's gone without Jesus Christ. Where's he today? I wonder... I wonder how many regrets does he have. I wonder if he, if he relived the story of so-called divies and says, I wish to God could come back and live my life all over. I think he does. He realized freedom is not free. All right? Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were given to the youth of today. To let them know, you don't have to fit in society. You don't have to give in to unscrupulous government ideas that's abominable. You can't say no. And there's something you don't laugh about. If we're discussing the fact you got cancer, you don't laugh about it. You cry over it. And you pray. If I'm talking about your sins tonight, you don't laugh about it. This is not a laughing matter. This is a serious matter that calls for weeping and wailing and gnashing on the altar and not doing that in the lake of fire. Hello? When the house is on fire, friend, it doesn't matter what age you are, does it? It does burn you up. And hell don't care what age you come in. Just burn you up. If you want trash, God throws the trash can. Amen. If you want treasure, you go where God is. Think about it. But he got the life of drugs and booze and music and rock music because he knew at his parents' house it's not going to happen. You know, I wish there were more stories like the prodigal 
And the, the Bible never used the word prodigal. It's not in the Bible. The word prodigal is never used. But it's what it meant. A prodigal is somebody who went and squandered what God gives, or their family gives. But he went and squandered it, and he, he found out, man, I sure messed up. I'm in the wrong crowd. I made a wrong decision. I'm in the wrong place. Uh, they were my friends when I have lots of money. Got a lot of friends, amen. Lots of dough, lots of friends. But when the money was gone, you're on your own. You got to go back to the same house rule you rejected. The same mommy and daddy you rejected. You got to go back to them because they're still living happy. You're not. And you're, you're among pigs and swine. Think about church. What happened to my friend, the pastor's son? He got hooked up away from parental care. And he hooked up with, with kids. No. Kids, before you make a friend, look at the mom and dad of that person. Don't look at the kid. Look at the mom and dad of the person. And that will tell you if that's kind of friend you want. Because most parents, our parents, abandon their kid to chance to make decisions they're not qualified to make. poor kid don't know what he's saying no to. Maybe good for him. Parental abandonment means little or no care for the kids. Social, spiritual, economical life. Set no boundaries for the kid. No discipline given to that kid. Look at, look at, look at the kid. Illegal activities ignored by the parents. Weak family ties. Left to fend on their own. Skip school at will when they feel like it. Parents go along with it. Missing many church services. Don't want to go to church. Bored to death. Can't stand it. I don't want to be a part of it. No encouragement to live right. Exposed to wrong environments and allowed to happen. You know, just depending on what friends you have. I don't care what friend you have. Just have any friend you want to. Never check the friends that the friends come to their home. Allow them to fellowship addicts and drug pushers. Too busy to watch over them. Let them sleep over in questionable environment and homes where there's drugs and rock music and bad language. They're allowed to run the street without any curfew, no constraint. And then finally, kids become involved in sexual activity and fornication and immorality, sometimes even perversion. Think about it. And they become friendship of a world that their mom and dad would shudder if they knew they were in it. Haters of God. Reject good godly values. Love base lifestyle. And living in Satan, I think they're living it up. My question is, let me ask you right here. I have some drawings here. Find it. Let me try to find my drawing here. I don't know where I put it, but I'll find it. Let's see here if I can find it. All right. Kiss meaning kids in service to Satan. This church is involved in kids in service to the Savior. We need the back of the parents.
somebody got to see potential in kids and defend it. Because they have no idea. I have no idea when I was growing up as a child how much influence my parents had on me and my guardians. I had no idea that my future was being decided by them. By the time I got control of it, I had to do damage control or just continue the road they gave me. I had no idea. And we, we, we you know, as, as counselors, we found people are angry at their past. They're mad. They realize they've been robbed right in their front room. <coughs> raised by TV, raised by media, never got a time with their family. And I thought about this today in prayer. You know, it doesn't matter how we came through this world. We can come in with FAE and FAS and all that stuff, you know, all that messed up situation because our mom may be a dysfunctional or our father was dysfunctional with his genes and genetics. We can't help that. But after we got on this earth, we take responsibility for what goes on after that. We are responsible for what goes on after that. The, my question I'm going to ask you tonight to help me solve. Peer pressure, what is it? Do I or do you have to fit? Peer pressure involves dealing with kids you know. It involves most destructively dealing with kids who backslid from church. One pastor's daughter, I'll come to church late, huge church, and she just didn't want to go that route, wore the most skimpiest dress, and one night in the States, some gangster got a hold of her and took her far off into the woods and raped her, rape her. And her cries were these. I'm a virgin! I'm a virgin! I don't know a man! And they said, look, then why do you dress this way? And they whip her and let her go. The last one I heard of to hide the identity of the people is one girl who left church and figured she could go out with her friends while her parents trying to raise up a church for God. And uh, she's supposed to be in church, link up with some cultic people. And then when she found her mistakes and tried to correct it, they would not let her. And they executed her right in the churchyard, shot her right through the forehead. He was a big thing in the state. The group says, you're not leaving us. You're ours. Satan wants to own you. He will not let you go. The demoniac, he wouldn't let him go. The boy possessed by the devil is a young lad. The devil would not let him go. What makes you think he'll let you go? You think he'll fight him off? Oh, no. He overthrow kings and kingdoms. You're no match for Satan. The only match you got, my friend, is the help of Jesus Christ. Samson thought he could play with the devil and get away with it. And God said, when I'm back into your life, you're done. And when Samson stopped keeping the rules of a kid, what a kid's parents gave him, his mom and dad taught him how to live for God. When he threw it off and put his head in the lap of a girl he should not be running with. Huh? You know the sad part? 
he's sinning and make his mom and dad sin with him because he gave him things to eat that he knew was abomination. It's kind of shocking when, when the kids get the parents to compromise with their sins. Like the sons of Eli. Sinning against God. And the father is in complicity with it. And God said, I'll kill those two boys and him. You love them more than me? Okay, I'll, I'll take you all out. They all died. One break their neck. It's amazing, isn't it? I was thinking, you said, God is jealous. What does jealous mean? <laughs> you know, what does jealousy really mean? God will not allow his people to live at peace with the devil. It's just not going to happen. <clears throat> Backsliding kids. These are the most dangerous one there is for our kids. They represent greater threat to our kids than the kids who never knew church. I'd, ra I'd rather trust my kid with an outsider than with a backslidden kid from church. Mm -hmm. Half truth, half bait, Moabite, Ammonite, Agite. Dangerous, deadly. My question is peer pressure. Why do kids give in to peer pressure anyway? Why do they do it? Why do kids not just walk away from the peer pressure? Why do they not know they're being led astray? And so my question is tonight, If you belong to God, you'll never fit in this mold. All the sledgehammer in the world, sledging you in there, you will never fit. That boy down the street, but his death is worse than all those he smoked and talked with because he knew the truth but was stubborn and made up in his mind I don't want God. I don't believe in God. I will never get baptized. I'll never repent. I'll, I'm not going to do it. It's not for me. And God said, fine. Live it your way. <coughs> Salvation is a gift, not a right we have. But I think about the evil, the evil anvil of sin, sledgehammer, trying to pound us into the mold of a worldly mold through Facebook, iPhone, texting, and all those other ways. I don't understand how they do them, but they do them. we got ways now how we can, we can destroy greater quantity. Before you could kill with one sword and one knife, but now we can kill, amen, with cyber. We can kill with a massive one-drop bomb. can kill thousands. Satan is slaying us 10,000. For every thousand we save... Satan killed 10,000. Shame that comes with it. Skid row, losses, crime, hell. Look, 20 years from now, some of you kids may have been skid row. Some of you may have been in prison. Some of you in jail, being hanged by your head, shot, end up with drugs. I don't know what. You will. That's the truth. 
prostitutes, homosexuals, lesbians. Yeah, you'll end up there. Don't take hard. Not hard to do. You say, how did you get there? Just let the devil pound you in his mold. It's called 18 works of the flesh. <laughs> he slain men who thought it couldn't happen. All right? Rapists. Some of you become rapists. I go to restaurants and see girls dress in a way just to get a job. They sell their modesty. It's not the church who decide what kind of clothing you should wear. It's God. It's God who make clothing. It's God who lay the law down. Well, there's no God. That's fine. I ain't convince you. Forget it. I ain't gonna try to convince you. You say there's no God. You know where I do. Bless God. Bless your knowledge. You're you know a whole lot. But the only wise kids in church are kids that learn from the mistake of others. The dumb ones are the ones who learn from their own mistake. That's where there's pain and suffering and hardship. Remember, the laughing will stop one of these days. We're just another casualty waiting to happen. You know the sad part is? Everything I preach happens. You don't know I've been long to see it happen, friend. They were once here one time. Prostitutes, whores, hookers. Sit like what you said. Laugh at me, just like you do. Mock and jeer. Murder, yes, more than once. Could you tell they could do that? We tell them, church. And there's still more to happen out there. They said Facebook is the most dangerous thing for teens. They said protect kids from Facebook porns, stalkers, sexing, and such like. And here's what happened. We parents buy those things for those kids. We actually give them witchcraft to watch. Our kids see more witchcraft than holiness stuff. They shot more people that day. And they thumb pages. They're always shooting somebody. The greatest danger, a stat says, to teens on social media is not what they do online, but rather what others do and say about them. You know what they're saying here? Somebody is watching you right now while you're in church. All those things you put on Facebook and all those pictures you put Somebody around the world, somewhere in the Middle East or Far East, are looking at your body. Having weird imagination after your physique. Because that which was holy and should be kept covered are naked before God. Think about it. You see, you see why this church is not very attractive to many family and people? They don't want to hear this. But I don't care. i got a soul to save. How come mothers survive? We're not to sit on with your son and your daughter and talking about what's wrong, what's right. 
Don't beat me up. Don't punch me in the face. Teach me. Teach me. Teach me, Mommy. Teach me, Daddy. Show me the way. It said, the more you reveal about your life on Facebook, I'm reading this, the more you educate strangers about your body and your habits, and they come looking for you. Hmm. Wow. Can our children have a future without violence? Is it possible? When last year the child said, have a heart-to-heart ta- you know, talk. You see, I, I got no kids to go to hell. I got none. I got none to be lost. Because Lot was told, do you have any kids here? Get them out. You know what they did? They mocked. <laughs> they start new. They've always done it. They've always done it. It wasn't new. They thought, it's another laugh-in. It was a bit sad for Abraham to say, Son, I can't help you. That was pretty rough. Son, I can't help you. This one here says here, It's just a touch of the button to transmit a sex to one or more Facebook profile of all you see. This is 38% of teens admit to sending or receiving new photos about themselves to people they don't even know. Oh my. The danger of sexing. Sexing is a practice popular among teens. I'm reading this to you. They take photos of themselves in various states of undress, often with their cell phones or camera, and send to others. While the reason for sexing can vary peer pressure, bracket pressure, boredom, a joke, seeking popularity, imitating celebrities, behaving badly, or outright sexual solicitation, sexting is far from harmless. Now, I didn't write this. I'm, I'm just reading what the, the world says. My question is, what about the next generation of Pentecostals? Now, I gave you folks a copy of this book before. And I know for a fact, as the Lord made green, green apple, you never sat down with your kids and went through it. I know you did not do it. You rob your kids. You see, you're more concerned about pickpockets. You're more concerned about people steal your, your, your credential number. But what about people, kids stealing, people stealing your kid's heart? You have not read this. I know you haven't read it. So what I've done is get a worldly view of the same thing that I didn't write. I'm going to share it with you. What is Pastor here doing? I'm trying to help you, but also save myself. Because you, you can't say you're innocent. You're not innocent. You're in a church where these things are taught. You're preached to. You're shown it. Okay, Sister O'Donnell, you have babies. Come on here. Let me start with you. You can hand this out. Take one for yourself. If you, don't, if you don't plan to take care of that baby, don't have that baby. If you don't plan to give that baby, don't do it. It's, it's bad. It's sinful. It's not right. Brother Donna, I mean that. 
Make up your mind. We're going to do that kid. We get that kid. One per family. So get together, you family. Especially the kids. Especially the kids. I want the kids. Especially got it first. Give the kids first. Give the kids first. Give the kids first. Because they're going to read with me. I'm going to bypass them. Give all the kids one. Come on, share it. Give all the kids one. Some kids over here too. Big kids over here. All right. They're risking your adults if there's any left. You see, you see, so, so, uh, we gave you these things, and you don't read them. I don't think you're very smart. I don't think you're smart. Because you know what? To go to hell, just do nothing. To go to heaven, you got to do something. It's easy to go to hell. It's so easy as ABC. Just do nothing. Live like you've always lived. Jeremiah three fifteen says, "Huh? Feed your knowledge and what understanding, because God said my people are destroyed for what lack of knowledge." Now I'm going to give you a world view of what I already given you in this view that you guys don't read. Now I know you guys got it because I gave it to all of you at Camp Yogi. I gave it to all of you. I know you don't read, it, and shame on you. You rob your kids. You think I gave us a piece of hand not to throw away? You're wrong. God's going to hold responsible for this. Now let me read the world view. The world says, and kids, I'm standing on your defense. You may not think so, but I stand in defense of your future. Yes. And the worst case for you is being connected to a backslider that you know once used to walk with God. And especially if they're prospering. Ooh. Ooh. You know, God served with false churches. He said, I put them there and allow them to... Look, he allowed the tares to grow to see what the wheat would do. Hello. Hello. We'll always be a little flock. I don't care what you say. He said, fear not, little. You'll never be anything different. That's what he said. I don't care how big your church is. You're still a little flock. How to act with a backsliding peer. Tattle. Use backsliding peer. Now, a pastor can't follow you everywhere you go, nor can your parents. But we know when you're by yourself, that's where the devil shows up. I can't believe it. You made me do that. Do you have to fit in? It's always natural to try to, what? Identify and compare. Follow along with me, folks. With our peers. How they think, how they act. And want to achieve what they achieve. Basically, I'm talking about influencing by others that are your height, your size, your age, your color, your culture. People like you, that you admire, you think they're cool, cute. You want to do what they're doing and wear what they're wearing. But do you have to fit in? 
Do you really have to? Look what kids you know. You know, your friends. Sometimes your own family. Guys and girls in your grade at school. Even in the church community. People influence you. By the way they dress, the way they talk, the way they act, the way they mocked. Fifty kids mocking the man of God. Go up, ball head. Do you mock in church too? I don't know. But do you do it? They all died. I think their parents first start mocking them for all their parents. Otherwise they wouldn't have done it. <coughs> Backsliding simply means someone who knows the truth and fell away from it. This is a person who is reversing all the good God did in their life and gone back to a old abbot and relapsed back. It's like a drunkard who got abstinence for a while and go right back to it. Or like a pig to the wall in the mire. Amen. Or a dog back to the vomit. That's what backsliding means. And when they come, friend, they come. Like a dog, like a pig. What does a pig does? Trample your pearls. What is your pearl? Your walk with God. Hello? You see, peer pressure is to influence you and to make you change your, your conviction, your values, your behavior, your dress code. We lost a whole bunch of kids in this, from this church who thought it was sinful to wear a white shirt and a necktie. And I was in Korea, and I saw how many kids, all the kids, dressed like I dress, better than all the kids in this church. And I got pictures to show it. I'm not putting you down, telling you what happened. They dressed like this, and I said, I want to join you guys, and I joined them. They all, I said, now, why do they dress this way? I asked, because it said that when they grow up in business, they'll always maintain that position. Yet we dress like the guy in the comic strip and the movie stars. You saw those guys. Did they dress that way? All black business people? Is that how they dressed in school over here? No way. I said, why do they dress this way? Japan, leading economy in the world. Because they dress for success. And we got parents who wouldn't stand with us for those cultural things. And make we sound like weirdos. Negative influence backsliders have on people. So why do people give in to pressure? Why do young people give in to pressure? You know why? They want to be liked. They want to fit in. They don't want to be made fun of. So they go along with the group. They know it's wrong. You know, I think of Micah. Micah, he, he knew that. Those guys are false prophets. He knew that. He, he heard the sound. That don't sound right. Right? He knew it's wrong. Because his conscience spoke. Say, hey, is there a man of God? What do you mean? You got four or fifty right there. Said, oh no, 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 that was all right. Where I come from, that was all right. Something's wrong here. 
Is there a better God? Oh, yes. But we don't like him. <clears throat> this city is full of backsliders with people in false churches all over this town here. They don't like standards and holiness and the laws of Christ to live by. The idea that everybody's doing it is a lie because everybody was not doing it because Daniel wasn't doing it. Amen? I said, Daniel wasn't doing it. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego wasn't doing it. And Obadiah wasn't doing it. Hello? And they make you do things against your better judgment. Girls, when you make a boy touch your legs, you're acting cheap. Shame on you. You should slap his face. Slap him in the eyes so we know his eyes are going out. I'm giving you permission to do that. Stop him right in the eyes. And if he hits you, call the police. First of all, I shouldn't have touched you in the first place. It's a crime to do that. And if I was a parent and he touched my girl, boy, you have to deal with me. The guy says, I know I'm saved. Can you touch my girl? By the way, boys, they're touching you now. They're partially about us private. You go to a bathroom, everybody's naked, get out of it. Stay dirty till you go home. Stay dirty till you go home. Well, we're all boys in the room, we're going to walk around naked. No! Lock away from the rest. Let them imagine what you have, don't prove it. Girls, let them imagine. Don't prove it. Can our youth walk away from peer pressure? Is it so hard to say no? I'm not, 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 I can't do it. Not say I can't. Say I won't do it. But I can't. I can't, but I won't. You see, pay attention to truth. Not as feelings. Amen. Man, just believe, but the Word of God. I'm going to do the right thing. I'm going to take a stand. I'm going to resist you trying to push me into that mold that everybody's doing. No, I'm not everybody. You know, I like what I like what Anna says. She says, hey, prophet, I'm not one of those girls. Don't you treat me like one of those girls? Girls, can't you get some? Some morality about you and say, hey, guy, you got the wrong girl. I'm not your show girl. I'm not your touch girl. You ain't going to touch me. And if you do it, I'm going to scratch your eyes out. Not only my dead body going to do this to me. Mm. Now, parents, talk to your kids. Give your, parent, give your kids some bones they can stand against this invasion, intrusion in the price of their life. Yes, we can resist doing what everybody's doing. So the question is, ask the kids, hey, who's leading you, mommy or daddy or God or your friends? The young lad I told you about who died on the street, dropped dead at the phone booth. Well, you pick up a lifestyle that that's where you end up. 
what Ian Eagle told is where they all end up because the, the statistics are there. And the world was full of, you know, these places. There are needles all up on the ground, and A's and you name it. Hey, hello. Who's leading you? As many as are led by the Spirit of God. To them gave you what? Power. The prayer is, Lord, lead me not into temptation. <laughs> I told up my wife sometime, I ain't going downstairs by myself. No. I'm just not going to go there. Well, let's see how strong you are. No. No. I ain't going to drive with some girls by herself. No. No. You ain't going to drive me. You got a taxi. Hello. I'm going to protect myself from the appearance of evil. Not even the act of evil, the appearance of evil. Teach the girls that. Girls, you can't get it back when you give it away. Cheap. And the boy will laugh at you and mock you. Go tell his friend, I just score. Score. Are you a puck? Are you a net? Remember this. Boys don't have babies. You do. After they mess up and sit with 10,000 girls, they come and tell you, I really love you. It's a lie. Your girl's up at 999.99. Say, how many girls have you told that to, you liar? It's for a cheap ride. Who's leading you? Who's leading who? Your friends, your peers, your family, God, the Bible. We make decisions every day that influence our behavior. And I found out my decision when I make them, it brings consequences I can't choose. Because the consequences come with the decisions I make. Amen. My, my question tonight is, can we protect our next generation of Pentecostals? Can we protect them from the dragon, the devil? Well, if all we ever say from this church is one, it will be worth it. All. Every church need an Esther. Now, if you continue to face peer pressure, <coughs> you find it difficult to handle, what should you do? <coughs> okay, you made a mistake. You give in and your conscience smote you. What should you do? If your conscience don't smote you, then you're insensitive to God. A backslider will not feel anything. Let's say, come on, try it. Hello. Go talk to your parents. You should never keep secret from your parents. All you kids say amen. All you kids say amen. Like you do in the gym, say amen. Good. And the rest of them say amen, that's your problem. Today it's even hard to tell teachers, but if you need to be in this class, tell them, this guy's messing with me. Boys used to put on their shoes mirror and put it on the girl's dress. Filthy boys. Brad Gerard, be a captain in that seat where you're sitting. Act like a man. Take care, take charge. Stop what's going on. Okay. Now, what I'm trying to say to you guys, Brother Matt, go sit there and, uh, and put some order in that place. All right. All right. It's, it's, it's very demeaning. It's very demeaning.
You made a mistake? Don't make it any further. Listen, well, I made a mistake. I must go all the way. No, turn around and run. Do damage control. I said, do damage control. And, and spare yourself the agony of a long-term distress and discomfort, wishing you had done differently. Huh? And prepare for the next time you have to face that pressure. Hmm. Let's worship God right now. Praise God. There are some places you shouldn't walk. There are some places you shouldn't sit. There are some people you shouldn't mark and say, You're not my friend. I'm going to unfriend you. I will not hang around you. You have no respect for holy things and holy people and holy teaching. And you mock what's right and holy. You can't be my friend because one of these days you're going to mess me up. And it's very subtle. Because you got kids in service to Satan. All right? If you face pressure, you're alone, run. You can do that. Run. Stay there from peers and pressure that try to make you do the wrong thing. Tell them, no. Walk away. Stay away. Mark them and have no fellowship with them. The Bible teaches that. Have no friendship with them. Hang the phone up. Change the phone number. Jump off your face list. Come on, take a stand. And be a be a man, be a woman for God. And says, I'm not going that way. Don't count me as one of those. Alright? Now what is it to be assertive? Assertive is is a healthy way of saying, I don't have to do what you're asking me to do. Because it violates my culture. It violates my standard. It's not honest. It's not respectful what you're doing. And I can't go along with it. Hello? Here is some backsliding kids who see no armor in these. Come on! Everybody's doing it. You're wrong. Cut my name out of it. So why don't you join us too? There's a price you pay for acceptance and popularity. Because everybody's doing it, don't mean you have to become a part of it. Shadrick, Mr. Benigno said, look, they might bow, but I'm not bowing. I'm not going to bow. All right? So you're invited to a party where you know there'll be alcohol or drugs. And a friend decided to cut, skip class, and offer you a cigarette. Or talk dirty, give you a dirty magazine, you know. I mean, it's, all, it's prevalent. It's there. Everyone can have them. They're free these days. Or with a boyfriend who you know is a criminal, or a girlfriend who's one. How should you respond? Is your temptation special? No, it's not. It's common. It's just being recirculated. It slew, it slew many before, and they figure they can slay you too. You have to say, you got the wrong person. You see, at some point, when you want to fit into that inner circle, you're going to be a part of the hangout group, the jocks. And, and you want to be a cool, you know, cool. 
I'm thinking right now of, of a kid who ended up killing people. Well, a lot of people, one person. But I can't remember his behavior in church. Disrespectful. Let's look for authority. And no correction when he goes home. Failure to correct at home will end up to go into school. Failure for the school to correct you is going to end up in the streets. And the judge and the lawyers and the police are going to beat you to death. And if that don't work, God will take over. But nobody gets over. Sin doesn't pay. So what people are in your group? Are they doing what's wrong, what's hurtful, or illegal? You call these your friends? I found out that if you hang around someone who's got marijuana on them or, or coke, and you're in their crowd where they got caught, busted, you've just ruined your reputation for life. You go into a car, and they got booze and they get caught, you're underage, you mess up your reputation. You better off walking home and taking a ride home. You may never get home in, in some cases. You may never arrive home. Well, I'm going to thump right on the highway. What? You better off walking at home. Praise God. Are these your friends? Peer pressure? Who wants to conform? So, no, I've been reformed by Jesus Christ. These are not my, you're not my pedigree. You're not. No, I don't want to I look to you for direction. You're not my you're not my role model. Come on. I'm not gonna have a hangover tomorrow morning because I'm not going to a party. Or a grad party. You know, grad party, you put on dresses that you wouldn't wear you can't wear to church. Why don't you wear your grad dress to church? I challenge you. I challenge you to wear that same dress you wear to grad party to church. You prove to me you can't. You can't do it. Wear the same suit you wore. You can't do it because you know you lower your standard. Well, God don't see. Well, the pastor didn't see. Of course, the pastor don't see. He's not God. It's the Lord. David says, "How?" I mean, Joseph says, "How can I do this thing and sin against God? Not mom and dad, God." Mom and dad should say, you can't wear that. That's not right. You're, you're letting down. You're going to confuse those people. They think you're off one of them. You're not peculiar. You fit right in. You're off naked. I can see you lo and behold. Bubbles. Think about it. Boys seeing your breast. Not even your husband. Seeing your chest. Enough to see the birthmark on your breast. You sure weren't dressed right. Go ahead, folks. I'm telling you. You, you were to show me you wear your, your grad dress to, to this church. Go ahead. Do it. Show me. And say, Pastor, here I am. How do I look? I'll tell the truth. Don't test me. Think about what you're doing in each of these situations. My friend told me that this <laughs> this party at this abandoned house is on Friday night, and we got some booze. 
And we're going to bring some marijuana, some crack, some coke. But look, man, if you don't come, you're a loser. You're a loser. Or some older guy at the church. Huh? Who's smoking on the side. And then first of his breath. Or he wants to touch you. Or text you. And offer you these ungodly options. Let's meet with me tonight. You know, I don't know why folks don't put a curfew on their phone at night for their kids. And how long they talk on the phone. I don't know how, how come parents have kids living in the house and feel they can't just walk in their bedroom and check it if they want to. Who owned this house? Who owned this house? When you own your house, you can close the door on me right now. You can't. I own this house. I can go to your mattress and see what you got below there. And if you don't like it, get out. Woo. See how they're going to amens? I'm not getting no amen. I heard, I heard it. Oh, my. Or I don't care if you got a girlfriend or boyfriend. Just make sure they stay right here. can see what you guys are doing. And they're downstairs petting up. Huh? Or should sit, or he sits suggestively. And then when the guy gets married, all he gets is a leftover dinner. Mm. Lord, don't send me there. Rescue me. Get me out of here, Jesus. Hallelujah. Young kids, I'm talking to you because your future's ahead of you. Your best days ahead of you. I can't look to school anymore to give you guidance. Because they don't care if you're sodomites, homosexuals, lesbians, uh, transvestite, and all these other ites. They don't care what you are. But we do. We care. We want you to be successful. We want you to have a conscience void of offense. Praise God. Decision you make will have great consequences. I'm, I'm trying to hurry up, folks. I see you want me to quit. Okay, okay. Well, for, for ten bucks, I'll quit. That's how cheap I am. What if the cops bust in the party where you are and you get arrested? And your parents found out you're hanging with that crowd. Now, church, I'm sure you guys in this church are not doing that. I'm positive you guys are not doing that. I'm, I'm sure you guys don't dress that way. I'm sure you guys don't talk that way. I'm sure you guys are just clean-cut kids. And that's why I choose to believe till you prove otherwise. But I'm talking to you about preventive maintenance. I'm trying to start from going to, to join the, the, the group over there in Issus. I'm trying to stop you from joining the group over there in Iran, shooting up people, shooting up drugs up your vein. I'm trying to stop you from becoming, amen, what those guys are in the Middle East. What about smoking? Does it matter if you smoke? What about your lungs? What kind of kids are you going to have? It mess up your seed. 
I mean, you have kids that are dysfunctional because you you took drugs, mess up their brain. Praise God. You hooked on cigarettes and you, you drown the poor kid with cigarette smoke. Think about it. What about unwanted pregnancy? My God, kids, kids having kids leave babies in the sewage, in the garbage can, and go back to the party as if nothing happens. Think about it. Amen. What about transmitted disease? You got to follow along with me. These wicked disease. Who's going to talk to you about it? And how do you assess the risk of peer pressure? Every one of us go through it. We're all vulnerable. Amen. But you know what? We said, oh, nothing bad can happen to me. Church is not true. We all say that. And you know what? We get caught. Amen. Praise God. Now, I was telling my wife today how God operates. There's Apostle Paul. Kill a bunch of people. He's made them blaspheme. He did them all kind of injustice. And God met him on the Damascus journey. And God just said, Paul, why, Saul, why, why, why are you persecuting me? He said, I appeared to thee for one reason, to make you minister. Da, 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 da. And that's it. And all throughout the Bible, God never reminded him one time of the mistakes he made. He'd talk about it, but God never did. That's amazing. My point is, if we are messed up in the past, we're going to continue in sin that grace may abound. We can live proudly. That we have a new life. We're a new creature. Praise God. Amen? We could be harmed physically, socially, spiritually, economically, intellectually, relation-wise. We could destroy ourselves if we've got the wrong people. And you know tell me? In prison, that's where people get radicalized and people get messed up because they meet other prisoners and they go in there with weak disposition and they come out ten times more weaker than before. <coughs> Nobody here needs to have a record. You don't need to have one. Stay in the courthouse. Stay out of the whorehouse. I give my life to Jesus. Strive for good grades. Strive to be the best there is. <clears throat> Try to be managers. Be victorious, don't be a victim. Praise God. Don't talk trash. Focus on treasures. Amen. Lean to that which is good. Avoid that which is evil. Psalms chapter 1 tells you, Amen. Blessed is the man or the woman that what? Walk it not in the counsel of the ungodly. Praise the Lord. Now, your choice is now. I want you to choose right now. What are you going to do with your future? What are you going to do with your future? On the back side, I give this before. I can go back in the years until when I gave this to you. I wonder about kids that used to come to this church. I said, Lord, will they ever make it back to God? Is there any prodigal that will make it back? And sometimes kids say, look, well, they could have been a testimony than I have because 
Look at what God saved them from. And I've never been there. I've never been. It takes the same power of God to keep you. Hallelujah. That it takes to rescue them. I don't have to mess up for God to save me up. Praise God. Now, I give you a sign here. Look at it right here, guys. Look at it. Very simple. Do you know that Pastor Neil is not a talented writer or, or a typist? But do you know, prayerfully, we go through these things and feel obligation from God that we should teach you these things. Now, I don't have time to go through because it's getting late, the rest of this, but you folks have this. Do you know how many hours go into that? Lots. Lots goes into it. Can our kids survive? Let's all stand. Now, I'm going to say to you, young people, Ask yourself the question, would God be pleased with this? The first thing to worry about God. Number two, what if the church know I'm living like this or doing these things? Number three, does my parents approve of this? Do they? And when it's all done, will I be better off than before or worse off? Where is it taking me? Where is it taking me? You're only a youth once. Enjoy the journey. And worth also a young man cleanse his ways. But by taking heed to the word of God. A little girl. A little girl affected an elderly man called Naaman. Without any bitterness, she said very caringly to a man. And her reputation was so pristine that he believed her. She was believable. He said, I would to God. <coughs> All the other kids are messing around. She's witnessing for God. Would to God. It's amazing how our kids are ashamed to tell their friends they're Pentecostals. They're ashamed to tell their teachers what church they go to. Obviously, they don't invite me to their graduation because I'm, I'm an embarrassment to them. And this church is an embarrassment to them. And the folks in church is an embarrassment to them. We don't want to know you go to that church and we're part of that system. You know, no, no, no. We want them to know. Hey, I've been there. I'm not stupid. The worst thing that happened to you is your parents show up at, at school. And if, if you're a same of your parents, can you imagine your pastor? And you know they don't like your pastor and the church you go to? Why would you want to invite them to your function? And you know you're going to go to dance after the party. And you're not supposed to go to dances. 
And you know, all the ungodly kids are carrying around, and you just fit right in. We come there, we can't even pick you up because you look exactly like them. Oh, well, when we come to church, we can talk big, but we can go there. You're just one of them. We're not stupid. You don't think God talked to us? You don't think God shows what you do? And how you live? And how you dress? God's not stupid. Hello. Esther stood out. The pressure of the peers did not affect her. She just wanted that which made her holy. I go to stores to buy something I can't find. I walk all over town. We're beating somebody's looking for shirts. And they don't match my, my conviction of what I was taught. I was taught conviction. I didn't have any. Somebody taught me conviction. And I thought, I can't violate that. I just can't. I made a decree one day with God. And I just can't turn on it. Is it sinful? Maybe not. No. Just where I was, it was sinful. But now where I'm here, I still can't do it. Because I made a commitment to God. I want any youth today want to make commitment to God. I'm not here to condemn you. I'm not here to, to make you feel ashamed. Because i got confidence in you. I believe in you. I'll, I'll invest in you. I'll, I'll give anything to do with you. And I want to tell you, anybody who's working with kids better be a role model to our kids. You better not mess around with our kids. Because God will get you for it. I know one guy, one person... You should take our church kid and be some ungodly kids. We've all backslid. I want them. Tell them to parties and make God cut their heads off. I'm still angry. I'm still angry today. I'm so angry. I'm angry. I'm angry. I'm angry. I'm angry till I'm so angry. But it's my fault. I shall kick that devil out first. Don't you mix godly kid with ungodly kids? See, you're trying to win the lost. You ain't gonna win no lost nothing. That's Balaam's doctrine. Hey, Balaam's doctrine. And you shouldn't miss. You know, little kids when they're very small, I love them because you know what? They see the bag. Hey, Pastor Neil. Hey. Good morning. Not praise the Lord. Good morning. You want to talk about? It? What do you have about your heads right now? Is there any young kid like David?